do this right now. I think that there are things that have impacted my life, good and bad. This is not a story that I like to share, quite frank, I'm afraid to share. But we feel it's important to share our story and to share my story as candid and openly as possible because we both feel like it will help somebody. I was raised in a very devout Christian home. My papa was my preacher and he was a pastor for over 50 years. My mom, my dad, everybody um, attended church regularly. Um, and when I was somewhere between five and seven years old, I was sexually molested. From the outside looking in, we were a pretty normal family. Um, and we were, um, but I had not told anybody and I hadn't even told, the only person I told was Stephanie. Um, up until maybe a few years ago when I told my parents, but when I was between the age of five and seven, I was sexually molested by an older neighbor. I'm not making excuses for the story that I'm going to tell you and that Stephanie and I are going to share, but I think that it's important. I grew up in church. My mom and dad made it a point to always take us to church. We went to Sunday school. Pretty much, we went to Sunday school from probably the time I was in like third or fourth grade. They made sure that we always got to Sunday school and then we went to church. After that, um, I pretty much was at church anytime the doors were open. We had youth group. My mom and dad both served in the church and did so many different things that if there was something going on, we were there. And I absolutely loved church. Honestly, it was a place I felt safe. I knew how much God loved me and I knew that no matter what, He was always there for me. Even if other people weren't, He was there for me. As a teenager, I had a very strong addiction to pornography. I don't know if it was a result of my childhood and what had happened to me, I don't know, but I was addicted. Anytime I could ever look at it, it didn't matter if it was in a public place or, or, or where, I was always trying to get that fix. My youth pastor, he is the one who really got me into journaling. He showed us one, I think we had a lock-in, 
and he gave all of us journals and he said, this is something that I think that would be beneficial. And he showed us all how we could pray to God by just writing things down. Even if Growing up, I dated a lot. And even my mom joked at Stephanie and I's wedding rehearsal that Stephanie was the first girl that she had ever met. Even though she had seen a lot of girls come in and out of the house. So Kyle and I met my junior year of college. He decided not to start college right off out of high school. And so whenever we, whenever I was moving into my apartment my junior year, he was helping someone move out that was one of my friends and happened to be a mutual friend of his. So I needed help with my TV. My, parent, my mom and my brother and sister had already left and it worked when they were there and then all of a sudden it stopped. So when he came in, I just said, hey, no one else can get this to work. Do you care to look at it? He did and that's pretty much what happened. Um, she had asked me to help her with her TV because she couldn't get it to work. So while I was in there, her computer was up and I saw she had MSN Messenger. And so I, as soon as I got home, I added her on Messenger and we just started talking. And even in my prayer journal, if I went and got it from that time period, I could read to you where I wrote, God, I don't know why, but I know I need to know him for some reason. And quickly realized why I needed to get to know him, that God had plans for us, and that he was the one that I was gonna be with for the rest of my life. Stephanie and I had a typical dating relationship, I feel like. Um, we went on dates, we hung out. All my friends thought I'd left them. Um, typical guy stuff when they've found someone that they love. After eight months, I decided to work up the courage and asked her to marry me. And a year and a half after that, we were married super romantic throughout our whole relationship of dating and our engagement he always tried to make me feel like I was most important like I was always the most special in his life no matter what whether it was a note on my car whether it was a text message he constantly we have emails all kinds of different things that we would send back and forth because he really wanted to make sure that I knew that he loved me Stephanie and I had a normal marriage, what I would consider a normal marriage. We bought a house, we put a fence around it, we had a baby, um, and everything seemed like we were the number one couple. We were so happy and in love. As the years went on in our marriage, I could tell that things weren't like they used to be, and I didn't know why. So I felt like I had to try harder and I had to work harder because I knew that I couldn't change Kyle, but I could change the way that I thought or the way that I spoke or the way that I prayed. And so that's what I really tried to focus on. It wasn't easy. Um, it was really hard at times, especially whenever I knew that he really he just got to the point where he really just didn't want to be around any of us it seemed like all while this was going on I was living a different life I was still addicted to pornography and it seemed that the more and more that I would look at it 
the more and more I would get curious about other things. He would rather be by himself and not have anyone to hold him accountable or just to hold him, just to talk to him and just tell him he's worth something. Um, because I think it hurt, because I think that it was hard for him feeling like someone could love him as much as I love him and knowing what he'd done. It got to the point to where I felt like I would be happier without her in my life. And so I would start to pick fights with her. I would bring up the word divorce. But during this time, I felt God just telling me, you've got to pray for him. So there were times where I would get up, I would set my alarm uh, really early, and I would get up and I would go in our living room and I would just cry out to God for Kyle. I'd just pray for him to show me how to be a better wife and help me know what to do so that I was able to be there for Kyle during this time. And I would just pray that God would help him and guide him to the right people, that the people that he needed to speak into his life would speak into his life. And I, don't, I couldn't tell you how long I did that. And I'd called my best friend. And I told him that on Monday, I was going to leave her. I was going to tell her I was leaving, and I had a work trip, so I was going to leave. And by the time I got home, she would either be gone, or I would have to find somewhere else to stay. But that it was happening. Um, through all this, I went to church. I acted like I was saved. I would raise my hands. Um, but to be honest, I didn't know if there was a God. I questioned him all the time. There were times when Tinley would be screaming, crying at night, and I would literally just yell at God and tell him that he wasn't real because he wouldn't come down and heal my baby girl that was screaming, crying because she was sick. But that morning, after I had gotten off the phone with my friend, I went into church a few minutes early to wait on Stephanie to come down and I was sitting in our, our area where we always sit. And I just looked up in the sky and I just prayed. And I said, God, you know what I'm doing tomorrow. And if you don't intervene, if you really are real, do something because I'm gone. So church went on like it normally did. Same routine. I was sitting there praise and worship had started to end and our pastor had came up and he came up he came up and said that he had a word for someone he said normally he comes into church he turns praise and worship music on on his way in and just prays and just opens up to God but he felt like that morning God had told him to be silent and turn the radio off and he had a word. You need to know that there was only one person that I had told that I was leaving Stephanie. And there's no way. He didn't even know who my pastor was. There's no way he could have gotten a message to him in that short amount of a time. 
but I was sitting there in church. Pastor walks to our side of the stage. It's a, it's a big round church. And he walked to our side of the stage, looked directly in our section, and said that there was a man that was going to leave his family. And God had told him to tell that person that it would be the biggest mistake of their life. I knew that I wasn't necessarily running from Stephanie or the fact of just being with her. But I was running from dark, dark secrets that I didn't want anybody to know. And we were talking, I think we'd gone out to dinner before and then we were just sitting there. He asked me to sit down. He needed to tell me something. I knew he needed to talk just by the way he was acting, his manners, and just the things he was saying and not saying. The truth was that I had cheated on her multiple times with several different people, and I did not want to tell her the truth. But that night, she came home, I sat her on her bed, and I told her everything. Tell me everything is really hard to hear. Really hard to hear. Um, because immediately you start thinking, what, what could I have done? How could I have been a better wife? How could I have done all these different things and made it where he didn't have that desire? But I had to realize that it had nothing to do with me. Nothing at all. Um, which took time. It didn't happen overnight, but it did happen. And I can't say that there aren't times where if I let myself dwell on it or if I think about that, that I may not go back to that, that point or those feelings, but I have to quickly pull myself back out of that because after he told me, I actually went to Tinley's room and I was by myself for a little bit, cried a lot, and I planned on staying in her room that night because I just, at that point, I couldn't even think about looking at him because he wasn't who I thought he was. And so that was something that I wasn't sure how to handle. I wasn't sure how to deal with. So I just cried out to God. And God speaks to you if you choose to listen. If you choose to truly let him be the Lord over your life, and not just be your savior. If you choose to listen to him and follow what he says, you will hear him. You'll know it's him and you won't be able to deny it because it won't sound like you. Because at that point, I wanted to run. I had conversations with God so many different times. God, I don't want to stay. Why? Why should I stay? Because I knew that I was hurt and I wasn't sure how to process that. And luckily I did listen to God. I listened to him and I chose to go back in our room. I just told him, I said, I'm gonna sleep in our bed tonight. 
I'm pretty sure I said don't touch me, but we're gonna get through this, we're gonna fight. Because there are certain things in life that are worth fighting for. And this is one of them. Now, I know some people are gonna say, you should have left, you had every right. But the fact of the matter is, it's got nothing to do with the right that I have, it's got to do with what was right to do. And it was right for me to stay, it wasn't right for me to leave. It's taken a lot of prayer and communication and time, time um, to overcome everything but it was fairly quick afterwards. We felt like we needed to share our story at some point. It's been we know that some people are going to look at this and watch this and they're immediately gonna say, well, she was crazy or well, he shouldn't have done that or all these different things. We know there are gonna be people that make judgments. There are gonna be people who are going to bash. They're going to say negative things. But what we know is that there are gonna be more people that are impacted in a way that is positive, that is going to help change their life, then there are those people that are gonna be judgmental, that are gonna be trying to bring it, bring us down and to help and to make others, I guess, think that their situation is hopeless. Because honestly, if you put enough time and effort into something and it is repairable, you're able to repair it, it can work. It just depends on if you want it. If you want it bad enough. Now, and you're not sure if you can make it through, we can tell you right now you can. But it has to be up to you both. I think that that was one of the key things, obviously, was me making my mind up that I was willing to be open and honest with her um, about anything and everything she asked. And it was very difficult at first, very difficult. But through that process, I think that it's helped us both to heal and it has brought us closer together. I think too that he talked about the communication. I think that us being able to learn how to communicate effectively and efficiently and by being able to be open to where neither one of us are getting offended by every little thing that the other person says because I think that there are times when someone that's close to you they can say something and it can just go straight to your heart if you let it or you can listen to it and go okay do I really do that or what can I change how can I be better and I think that that's helped us be able to grow in our communication by just listening instead of just responding so one of the things that we are wanting to do through all of this and one of the ways that we wanted to share our story um, and just our hearts with everybody um, is we are starting a podcast and we are really excited about this opportunity and um, we hope that you all will be joining us um, and through this we're going to be talking about life and marriage and love and kids and camping stories and just a lot of really neat Everything. things. Yeah, anything, life. Um, we're also going to be having um, guests that we're going to be interviewing on here, sharing their stories as well. Um, so if you feel it in your heart to share your story um, with our audience, then please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to have you on. 
uh, we might cook you dinner and have you over for a podcast. Um, we really want all of this just to be uplifting and encouraging. We know that all of us need encouragement in the world that we live in. There's so many things that are discouraging that we just want to be able to help be that light in the darkness. So our podcast is going to be called A Perfectly Imperfect Life. Because we hope that you all can look at our life, look at our testimony and the testimonies of others that will be on our podcast and that you're able to grow and learn from us and from them so that you can live a perfectly imperfect life just like we are. Um, in the meantime, you can go to anchor.fm slash a perfectly imperfect life and you can actually go on and leave a message for us. Um, we are actually really excited about that um, because when we do our podcast, we will be taking some of your questions. So if you feel led to share your story with us and our listeners, please feel free to reach out to us at a perfectly imperfect life 0524 at gmail.com. Or you can get us on our Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook page. A Perfectly Imperfect Life 0524. We can't wait to hear from you. Thank you.